Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is February 26, and our chapter reading for today is Deuteronomy 28. I'm not going to take a lot of time, just want to bring up two or three special points to you because this is a follow-up from chapter 27 that began with the curses and the blessings being given from Mount Gerizim and Ebal. And I want to just point you to a couple of verses because this is absolutely a tremendous chapter that deals with the blessings of obedience. Now remember, When we're talking about an unconditional covenant, then God has his part and he is so faithful in doing that part, but he also blesses us because of who he is. He does what he does because of who he is. And the covenant is not established or ratified by our behavior, but it is ratified through the sovereign grace of God, through the blood ditch ritual, for instance, in Genesis chapter 15 that we've talked about before. But the treaty or the covenant that was entered into at Mount Sinai was a treaty that was based upon condition. In other words, God has given the land unconditionally. God has said to Abraham, I'm going to give this to you. God later says to David, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to establish a kingdom and it is going to be forever and I will see to it. But when we come to the Mosaic Covenant, God says, I'm going to bless you if you will walk with me. I'm going to be great to you, not just good, but great to you if you will obey my voice. And I'm going to give you the land, but you have to go in and fight for it. And once you have the land and you've conquered the land, You need to walk with me because this is the condition of staying in the land and experiencing the great blessing that I have for you. Now, it's interesting that God starts out with the blessings in chapter 28. And I just want to read a couple of verses to you and explain just really what's being said from the Hebrew context. Now, it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all of his commandments, which I command you today. Remember, This is Moses talking, rehearsing the great blessings of God and the curses of God upon obedience and disobedience. And he says, if indeed you will do what I command you, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. In other words, you are going to be the greatest nation on earth. Now, listen to this. This is fascinating. And all these blessings that he's about to give shall come upon you and overtake you. Now, it's interesting because this particular Hebrew word is mentioned about 50 times in the Tanakh, in the Law and the Prophets and the Writings. It's right at 50 times. 28 to 30 of those, 28 to 30 times out of 50, it has to do with someone being chased down and overtaken, someone being overpowered. Someone that is walking in one direction, and it's as though God says, 
I am personifying these blessings. And if you will walk with me, if you will obey me, I will chase after you. And the blessings from heaven will run you down. The word is overtake, overtaken, depending upon the structure of the verb. But the whole idea is pursuit that ends in victory. That is, God is hot after us. I have often stood at Wadi Kelt which overlooks the Jordan Valley at Jericho from just below Jerusalem. Many of you have stood there with me or with others, and you've looked down in that huge ravine called the Valley of the Shadow of Death. And it is a beautiful, beautiful sight. Just on the other side of where we usually stand at Wadi Kelt, on the way up to Jerusalem, you are looking across that great ravine called the Valley of the Shadow of Death, and you see a desert. And it is the Judean desert or the Judean wilderness in the sense of this is where more than likely Jesus was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. He was there with the wild animals, the Bible says. Satan tempted him over and over and over again. David wrote about this, and in the last couple of verses of Psalm 23, which is that beloved shepherd psalm that talks about God leading us to green pastures, God leading us beside still waters. Why would God do that? Because sheep will not drink out of swift running water. They have to find an eddy somewhere where it's still. And to find a pool for sheep is a welcomed relief from the desert heat. David talks about God preparing a table in the presence of our enemies. In other words, those who have mocked us, those who have ridiculed us, those who have stayed after us and pursued us, God will set us up right in front of them and show our enemies that he is blessing us, that he is feeding us, that he is serving us. He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. David had known this and had known the blessing of God. And as he talked about that great blessing of God serving him in front of his enemies so that he can be raised up, here is what David said. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, let me retranslate that for you. Surely goodness, tov, all of that that is wrapped up in the goodness of God. And then the word mercy is not the ordinary word for mercy. This is the word chesed. And it is the word which really is untranslatable in English because it talks about the great beneficence of God toward us, that he desires our good, and that when we repent and we come to him, we humble ourselves, we access and appropriate the great hesed of God. And when we walk in obedience, God blesses us and pours everything out that has to do with his loving kindness, his kindness, his generosity, his mercy, his grace, his compassion. All of those have to do with the great virtue of Hesed. I believe that this is what made David a man after God's own heart. Hesed is mentioned over 250 times in the Bible. It is spoken to David by God and about David by God more than any other person almost twice over. 
Not only that, David writes about that more than anyone twice over. And David experienced chesed more than anyone else twice over. So I believe it is the characteristic that makes David a man after God's own heart. And that was accessed and appropriated through repentance and confession and obedience, just like it is with us. Because you see, God wants to pour out his spirit upon us. God wants to bless us. But in our day of heretical teachings, we have said that freedom in Christ and freedom to walk with God is something different, that it is the freedom to do anything we want to. Our independent democracy, uh, like we have in the West, in the, in Europe, or they once had there and have lost it for the most part, and we in America are losing our freedoms. But America is drunk with democracy, and we believe democracy and freedom to say anything you want to anytime you want to is the key to happiness. It's not. Walking with God and walking in the truth of God's Word is the the key to happiness. And that's where real freedom comes. You see, freedom in the Bible is the freedom and the ability to obey God, and that only happens through the grace of God. And so David said, surely the goodness of God and the chesed of God will follow me. Now, I must tell you that Elizabethan translation there doesn't do this word justice. In that same Elizabethan language where it's translated follow, and let's just use the King James, for instance, it's translated most other places in the King James two other ways. One way is hotly pursue. The other is chase after. You see, what David was saying is surely the goodness of God and the hesed of God has chased after me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord because of that. Surely the goodness of God and the hesed of God has hotly pursued me all the days of my life, and because of that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is what Moses was saying. The obedience that marks the child of God, the follower of Jesus, the follower of Hashem, is indeed marked by God pursuing, the blessings of God pursuing. And if we will walk in obedience, the blessing of God will overtake us. Look what it says. It will come upon you. It's like out of nowhere, God just blesses because you are seeking his face and walking with him. You see, God's there. That's his part. Oh, he'll do his part. But you see, we have a part. The Bible says, pursue holiness. That's a command in the book of Hebrews. And if we are to pursue something and God's commanding us, then we have responsibility to do that. This idea of let go and let God is not a biblical concept. You see, we have a part in every aspect of our Christian life. And it's amazing, whatever God commands us to do, He enables us by His grace to do it. Even when we go through the toughest times in our life, God's grace is available. When the Bible talks about the beware, as he was talking about Esau, beware lest we fall short of the grace of God. That doesn't mean we fall from grace. That means that God's grace is available. And in a time of trouble, in a time of need, it's there. If we do not, through obedience, reach out and trust God and appropriate that grace, then we will fall short of getting it. That's exactly what he says. But here in verse 2, he says that it will come upon you and it will happen because, look what it says, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. 
Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Now, what does that mean, in the city and the country? Well, that's about everywhere. You will be blessed in your family. That's what the next phrase says, verse 4. You'll be blessed in your family, the fruit of your body. You'll be blessed in your fields. They're going to increase. You're going to be blessed in your flocks. Now, I'm not trying to alliterate. That's just what it says. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading board. In other words, while you're just mixing up the dough, God's going to bless you. While you're rolling it out, God's going to bless you. While you're making that bread and those little pitas, the loaves, you could say, well, while I'm making biscuits. Well, that's not what they were doing, but you can say that if you want to. I'm not sure that's accurate. But all to say, he said, I'm going to be with you. Blessed, look at verse 6, blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. Why? Because there's going to be a mezuzah there to remind you that that tent belongs to God and that it's temporary. No matter how long you live somewhere, you're just there in an interim. You know why? Because you're going to die and you're going to leave it to somebody else. You say, well, I'm going to build up a lot in this life. Yes, and you'll leave a lot behind because, you see, you're not going to take any material thing with you. Oh, you can transfer riches on in ahead of you in a place where moth and rust doesn't corrupt or devalue it. But, you see, those riches are spiritual in nature. And he goes on and on. You'll have victory over your enemies in verse 7. You're going to build your wealth in verse 8. God is going to prosper what you lay back. All of this is just the blessing of God. And how do we appropriate that? Through walking with God, through walking with God, through obedience to Him. Obedience is the key to knowing and understanding the presence of God. The Lord Jesus said, I'm not going to tell you true riches. If you're not faithful in the worldly things I give you, and he was talking about money. He said, if you're not faithful with money and being a good steward of money, earthly things, things that will pass away, Jesus said, I'm not going to entrust you with spiritual riches. In other words, if you're not going to walk in the light you have, God's not going to give you any more light so that you can shun it. But when you walk in the light, God gives you more light. When you walk in obedience, God gives you more insight so you can go deeper and deeper and farther and farther with him because he desires that. He's running after you. He's chasing after you. But on the other hand, disobedience will bring the same kind of chase, only this time it's going to be cursing. And when you start at chapter 15 and you go through the rest of this chapter, everything that happens in obedience, it turns the other way with disobedience. Because you see, disobedience propagates disobedience. And God knows that. So we need to form a habit of walking with God, form a habit of obedience. What do we teach our children? Rapid obedience. Why? Because it may save their life one day. When I say stop, you stop right then. Whether you understand it, whether you can see danger coming, stop. I mean, this is the first law you teach a dog if you're going to train a dog. The first command is when to stop. And if you've ever been trained, as you know, when you are training animals, you're actually training humans because the animals will get it faster than the humans, but we have to learn to communicate. Well, let me tell you, God knows what he's doing. And he wants us to learn to walk with him and to live in rapid obedience. Jesus was our example. He obeyed the Lord in every aspect of his life. And because of that, no man has ever lived 
who has obeyed like Jesus did, and no man has ever changed the world like Jesus did. And he did that in his humanity, walking in the fullness of God's Spirit. And you and I have the opportunity to walk in the fullness of God's Spirit in the time, in the epoch, in the dispensation, in the era in which we are living. The Spirit of God lives within the weakest child of God and enables us to walk in obedience. Chapter 28 is about the great blessing of God that comes through obedience. May God help us. I want to leave this word with you. I learned years ago as I thought through and listened to a great man of God speaking, I tried to distill everything he said. And here's what I walked away with after about a semester of studying with him. And I wrote it down. I've been writing it down ever since. It is the grace of God that enables us to have the presence of God living within us. It is obedience to that spirit that enables us to enjoy that presence. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at tonycrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at tonycrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.